Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church, building faith and friendship. You are listening to a sermon series through the book of James, entitled, Wisdom for Life. The Bible reading is from James chapter 5 and verses 1 through to 6. Now listen, you rich people, weep and wail because of the misery that is coming upon you. Your wealth has rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you failed to pay the workmen who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and in self-indulgence. You have fattened yourself in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered innocent men who were not opposing you. So we continue our series through the book of James entitled Wisdom for Life. And James, Jesus' little brother, or should I say half-brother, is going to give us wisdom, practical down-to-earth wisdom about money, about our attitude towards money, how we should use our money, and how we should spend our money. And so he says in James chapter 5 and verse 1, Now listen, you rich people. He's speaking to rich people, wealthy people. Now that doesn't mean we can all sigh a big sigh of relief. What a relief. Doesn't apply to me. I'm not rich. We, if we're living in the Western world, we shouldn't be too quick to say we're not rich. If you're living in the West, then at least on one level, you are rich. If you have a car, in fact, if you have a bicycle, by the world's standards, you are rich. Now, I know there are some people amongst us who are struggling financially. All I'm saying is don't be too quick to say I'm not rich. So James says in verse 1, Now listen, you rich people, weep and wail. Weep and wail. Why would rich people weep and wail? I mean, they've got everything. They're wealthy, they're powerful, they're respected, they have the biggest houses, they are driving the latest BMW chariot. They've got everything. Why would they weep and wail? James says, because of the misery that is coming on you. The misery that is coming on you. Sure, they're living a great life now, but James is warning that there is a misery that's about to come upon them. What is that misery? The judgment of God. The end time judgment of God. In this passage, James is pretty much like an Old Testament prophet. The Old Testament prophet who cries out against social injustice. And therefore, just like an Old Testament prophet, he uses a lot of colorful language, a lot of vivid graphic images to shock you, to wake you up, to get you to see the injustices that you are committing. So this is a warning to the rich people that if they continue to live the way they live in, God's going to judge them. Does this mean it's wrong to be rich? Does this mean that if you are rich, then God is going to judge you? 
No. That's not what James is saying. This will become very clear later on in the passage. That's not what James is saying. You see, there's nothing wrong with being rich as long as one, or, or depending on one, how you got your money. Did you get it fraudulently? Did you get it through exploitation? Or did you work hard for it? Two, how you use your money. Are you selfish or are you generous? Three, what hold has, does money have on you? Do you own your money or does your money own you? So James is not condemning all rich people. He's speaking to those rich people who are not using their money wisely. They're not using their money in a godly way. They are being selfish and stingy with their money. So let's allow James to examine our heart and to see if we are using our money in a wise way, in a godly way. So firstly... Don't hoard your wealth. James chapter 5 and verses 2 to 3. Your wealth has rotted. Moss have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. The problem over here is not that they are rich. The problem over here is they have hoarded all their wealth, all their money. And so James is painting a very vivid, a very graphic scene that the picture is an end time judgment and these rich guys are standing before God in God's court and they bring in out the evidence. And this is the evidence. They open their closets and they have a look at all their clothes, all their fine, luxury, expensive clothes, most of which haven't even been worn, barely been worn. Some have been so far back in the closet for so long, they're starting to become eaten by moths. They open up all the guy's wealth. They open up all his gold and all his silver. He's got wealth piled up so high, it's starting to rot. He's got so much gold and silver that just lying around, it's starting to corrode. And it's this, these moth-eaten clothes, this rotting wealth, this corroding silver and gold, that is the evidence against them, and it's testifying against them that they have been hoarding rather than sharing. They've been hoarding rather than sharing. They've been hoarding rather than being generous. What's the evidence like against you? And James warns that if you start hoarding rather than sharing, there's dire consequences. He says in verse 3, Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. <laughs> okay, a very graphic picture of judgment. It's possibly, you know, the picture is that the very corrosion that is corroding their silver and gold will start corroding you, corroding your soul. could be a picture of the, the inner torment of guilt that corrupts your soul. But it's also a picture, the fire is a symbol and a picture of God's judgment and ultimately of destruction. It's a, a symbol of destruction. 
And James is warning them, if you continue to hoard your wealth rather than share it, rather than being generous, then you are on a one-way ticket to destruction. You might be traveling first class, but you're on a one-way ticket to destruction. And it's not the best use of your stuff. It's not the best use of your stuff. You've got a closet full of clothes. It's not the best use of your stuff. Rather, give those clothes to the naked and the poor. Your fridge is full. Your freezer is full. Your cupboards are full. Most of the stuff's going out of date. It's not a good use of your stuff. Rather, buy less. Take the money that you've saved and give it to those who are hungry. James says... They've got so much gold and silver that it's corroding. It's like somebody's got more cars than they can drive. And the one car is just sitting out on the driveway, rusting because it's not being used. And there's a a, a single mom living next door who's having to walk her kids to, to school, having to carry heavy baskets and bags back from the shopping, desperate need for a car, but she can't afford it. And you haven't even thought... There's a car, it's perfectly good. I'm not using it, it's just rusting. I should share it. I should let her use it. Let's share our stuff and be generous. Don't hoard. Secondly, no self indulgence. James chapter 5 and verse 5, James says, You have lived on earth in luxury and self indulgence. See, the one error is to hoard all your stuff, all your wealth. The other error is is to spend all your money, but to spend it all on yourself. In extravagant luxury and self-indulgence. They were eating caviar and drinking champagne. They always wore the latest designer robe made to measure. They lived in the biggest mansions with more rooms than they needed. They always drove the latest chariot with all the gadgets. They would go on exotic holidays, and they always traveled first class while other people were starving. Living in insulted indulgence leads to an indifference to the needs of others. You become indifferent. You become insular. You become cut off. You surround yourself with rich people. You always compare, compare yourself to someone who's richer. And you feel really hard done by if someone's earning more money than you or they got the latest iPhone and you don't. And your world becomes insular, becomes cut off from the needs of the vast majority of the world's population. And sometimes even cut off from the needs of the person living in your own community. The drinks flowing, the foods flowing, and the loud music keeps the cries of the hungry at bay. An indifference to the needs of others. It also leads to thinking luxuries are necessities. Things start to get a bit blurry. I mean, is this really a luxury? Because I really need it. It's a bit blurry. But there is a clear line between living a basic life, a comfortable life, and then moving into an area of unnecessary luxuries and self-indulgence. It's very difficult to know. Where where is that line? I mean, how many cars can I have? How How big a house can I have? How many holidays can I go on? How big should my clothing budget be? Now, I don't have an answer for you. There's not a simple answer. There's no simple legalistic rule, just follow this. 
But we need to be asking ourselves the question. And we need to be asking God this question. Is this a luxury or a necessity? Do I really need to be spending this money on myself? Or could I instead be using this money to give to those who are less fortunate? Another question we need to ask ourselves is, is my standard of living increasing as fast as my income is increasing? There's a story about John Wesley. John Wesley, of course, was the, the founder of the Methodist movement many, many years ago. He started out as a really simple preacher, and he didn't have a lot of money. But as time went on, because he became the founder of the Methodist movement, he ended up making a lot of money because he would sell his publications and so on. But initially, he would, you know, he would earn 30 pounds a year, and he would give 3 pounds. He's 10%. He's tired. The next year, he earned 40 pounds, and he gave 10 pounds away. Kept his 30 pounds. The next year, he earned 70 pounds. He gave away 40 pounds. Kept his 30. Eventually, one year, at one point, he earned, in one year, 1,400 pounds. He gave it all away, except his 30 pounds. And he continued to live on his 30 pounds. Does your standard of living increase as fast as your income increases? Because if you're a follower of Jesus, it shouldn't. Now, I'm not saying we need to be as radical as John Wesley. But what I am saying, once you've got to a basic comfortable standard of living, a basic salary, when your income increases, your giving should increase more than your standard of living increases. Does that make sense? That's challenging. That's challenging. But James warns us, if we don't, it leads to judgment. If we end up just going down the route of, of living in self-indulgence, living in, in extravagant luxury, that's the essence of sin because it's selfish and self-centered. And so he writes at the end of verse 5, he says, you have fattened yourself in the day of slaughter. Another very graphic picture of judgment. James is looking at all these guys who are living in self-indulgence, all these guys who are fattening themselves up, full of food and drink and partying. And he basically says, they remind me of a herd of pigs being fattened up for slaughter. One-way ticket to destruction. Thirdly, don't exploit people. James says in verse 4, Look, the wages you failed to pay the workers who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. Situation, quite simple. The rich landowners are exploiting the poor workers, and as a result, the rich are getting richer, and the poor are getting poorer. Perhaps there was a drought, Perhaps it was just a bad harvest season and the poor guys have had their, their farms taken away from them because they've foreclosed on their mortgage, on their property. They've been forced to work for these rich landowners. They're living a hand-to-mouth existence. Today's wage is paying tomorrow's breakfast. And when their wage is withheld, 
Their family starves. And these rich guys have withheld their wage, have, have, have exploited them, have paid them an unfair wage so that they can make more money. It's nothing but greed. And unfortunately, this resonates with a lot of parts of the world today. Because our world economy is set up very similar to the way the ancient Judean economy was set up. It is set up to ensure that most of the money flows in one direction. Most of the world's trade agreements are set up to ensure that the rich don't just get enough, but more than enough and more again while others starve. Are we living in luxury and in self-indulgence at the expense of other people? Because the money in our pockets that we should have given to other people is crying out to God for justice. And James says in verse 6, You have condemned and murdered the innocent one who was not opposing you. What murder? The rich guys say. What murder? We didn't murder anyone. Not directly, but indirectly. When you failed to pay their wages, their family starved. The rich guys were using the legal system, the courts, to exploit, to rob the poor guys of their livelihood, their farms, and other means of supporting themselves. All perfectly legal. Just so happened that these poor guys died from diseases related to malnutrition. And God says that is murder. So what's the solution? The problem is we love money and we use people. We use people. We take advantage of people. We walk over people. We exploit people. We ignore people. We turn a blind eye towards people. Why? Because we love money. The solution is to love people and use money. To use your money to love people. Don't use people. Use your money. Don't exploit people. Always buy fair trade. It will be more expensive, but at least you know that worker is able to feed his family. When you employ someone, when you have someone to come and work at your house, a contractor, pay on time, pay straight away, pay the fair amount, pay the right amount. Don't use people. Use your money. Don't love money. Love people. Be generous. Generosity is the antidote to loving, to loving money. It neutralizes it. Now, we all think we don't have a lot of money. You're probably sitting there, just like myself, and thinking, well, I don't have a lot of money. I can't give regularly to a charity or give regularly to a church. And we all think like this because we live in a society that constantly tells us we need more, we need the next thing, we need the next holiday, and so on and so on. 
even when we're struggling, we need to be generous. Why? Because we belong to Jesus. And if we belong to Jesus, then everything we have belongs to Him. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verses 19 to 20, You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Jesus didn't just create me. He died for me. He paid the price for me, so I belong to Him. And if I belong to Him, that changes everything. If I belong to Him, that means all of my stuff is not my stuff, it's His stuff. I used to think all of my stuff was my stuff. You know, I worked hard for it, I deserve it, I can do what I like with it. But if I belong to Jesus, that changes everything. That means all of my stuff is not my stuff, it's His stuff. And it's His stuff, He gets to decide what I do with the stuff. There's a story uh, about the, um, during the Great Depression in, in the United States of America. Because of the hyperinflation, money was, was devalue, devaluing so quickly, anybody who had any money or any savings in the bank immediately took all their money and just bought stuff. They just bought stuff because if you didn't, the money would become worthless. So they, they bought cars, they bought bikes, they bought anything. They just bought stuff. And when it came to giving their tithe, their 10% to the church, they didn't have any money. So people started giving stuff to the church. They, they gave all sorts. They gave cars, they gave bikes, whatever they bought, they gave. And suddenly the church was full of the people's stuff. And they didn't know what to do with it. They didn't know what to do with all the stuff. So this is what they did. They gave all the stuff back. But they said to everyone, this is not yours. This is still the church's property. This is Jesus' property. So go and use it for Jesus. So if someone gave a car, they gave the car back, and they said, but it's not your car, it's Jesus' car, and now you've got to use this car for Jesus. Isn't that awesome? But that's the attitude we should have about all of our stuff, because all of our stuff belongs to Jesus. It's Jesus' stuff, and we need to use it for Jesus. So let's love people and use our money. Use our money to love people. Be generous. When you're generous, it just feels right. Have you ever done that? You've done something generous and you just that just feels right. You know why? Because that is the heart of God. And when we're generous, it frees us from the love of money. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, although we all put ourselves in the poor camp and never ever try and or think of ourselves as rich, yet Father, we confess we do hoard, that we have more than we need. And Father, we confess that so often we do live with unnecessary luxuries and in self-indulgence while others are starving. Father, won't you forgive us? Won't you forgive us for our hypocrisy? Won't you forgive us for our selfishness and our lack of generosity? And Father, none of us would think we would ever exploit anyone, and we would be offended if anyone said we exploit people. But Father, we confess we just turn our blind eye to the plight of the majority of people in the world and how they are exploited and how we enjoy the luxuries as a result. Father, forgive us for turning the blind eye. Forgive us for ignoring it. Forgive us for being insular. Give us a heart for people. Give us a compassion for people. 
And Father, we pray that the words of James would shake us up, make us feel uncomfortable, and realize that we are that herd of pigs just fattening ourselves up. But Father, more than that, I pray that by your Spirit you would inspire us to become the people you want us to be, to become like Jesus and to become generous and just to realize we belong to Jesus and everything we have is His. And help us to, to use it for Him, share and be generous in all we do. Father, we confess it doesn't come naturally to us and we need help. And so we pray that by your Holy Spirit right now, you would come into us and empower us and enable us and inspire us to be the people you've created us to be and called us to be and you want us to be. We ask this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about Abergavenny Baptist Church, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk.